All right, well, today is uh, Sunday, May the 17th. If you've been keeping count, it is day 62 of the stay-at-home order issued by our governor. We are now some nine days into phase one of the governor's three-phase reopening plan, which means it is entirely possible that beginning at 5 p.m. this coming Friday, we could move into phase two. And that means we could potentially, as soon as one week from today, begin to reopen the doors of our church building to allow some people, we don't yet know how many, to gather together in this building once again for a time of corporate worship together. Not just corporate worship over YouTube like we're doing right now, but actually in the same physical location. I'm going to have a lot to say about that in the coming week. We'll be sending lots of information to you about that, just about how, how we'll be beginning that process, what we will and won't be doing, uh, and how we'll be arranging things at the church building to do our very, very best to protect you and others in our community. But with the possibility looming of gathering once more in person and with the state moving slowly ahead with its reopening plans, the truth is there are a number of things right in front of you that demand real wisdom from God. And I want to talk to you just very briefly this morning about that wisdom from God. So to get us focused and moving, I'm going to read uh, just a portion of Scripture from Proverbs chapter 4, Proverbs chapter 4, verses uh, 5 through 7. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. If you'd like to stand, you may. If you want to stay seated, you may. But this is the word of the Lord, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it cost you all you have, get understanding. Praise the Lord, this is the word of the Lord. And when I talk for a few minutes this morning about this matter of wisdom, particularly how it relates to the days in which we live and the days that are swiftly coming upon us. Now, note. Many, many, many of you have been eagerly counting down the days until these orders and, and restrictions from the government are, are, are lifted and things begin to feel a little bit more like they did just a couple of months ago. Without a doubt, I'm right there with you. Uh, but I also need to warn you that things simply are not likely to return anytime soon to the way they were before this virus came upon us. For example, once we're able to gather again inside this church building, it will still be different. At least for a while, we'll have to gather with far fewer people in the room and adjust many of the ways we did things before the appearance of the virus. Listen, the risks that were present just a few weeks ago are still present today. And in all likelihood, will continue to be present into portions of next year. Which means as you all begin to come out of your homes and back into a little bit more general sort of circulation, you need to do it with the wisdom of God and the discretion of God. You need to do with the wisdom that comes from God. The Bible says, do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. 
Love her, and she will watch over you. So this morning, I want to take just a couple of minutes and share some wisdom from God as you prepare to consider living a little bit more publicly than you have for the last 60 days or so. And what I've got to share with you, I'm going to be honest, it's not particularly sexy, not particularly exciting. It is super, super practical, but I believe it is important, and the Lord wants us to talk about it. Before I get into the details of that, I do want to remind you once again uh, about our thinking here at Resurrection Church about this whole matter of governmentally imposed uh, shutdowns. There's been an awful lot of talk. Frankly, there's been an awful lot of division in our land about what the government can and cannot do. And I plan, hopefully, to address that issue pretty specifically sometime in the near future. But for now, let me just simply say that in times of real authentic emergency, the civil government has both the right and the responsibility to take otherwise unusual actions to preserve the nation and protect its people. And those actions may include temporarily suspending certain civil liberties. On the other hand, those actions should only ever be taken in very dire circumstances, and even then only with serious care and consternation. Additionally, we've said all along, we believe both theologically and constitutionally it is clear that the civil, go the civil government has very little legitimate authority to interfere with, dictate to, or otherwise restrict the legitimate activity of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And with that in mind, when it comes to recent government orders that have had a bearing directly on the church, we have frankly treated them largely as wise and reasonable suggestions. Suggestions that we felt we could honor in good conscience, good conscience as both good citizens and as faithful followers of Jesus. But make no mistake about it, should the government ever put those two roles in opposition with one another, the role of being a good citizen, the role of being a faithful follower of Jesus, we must choose following Jesus, which, by the way, I believe is one of the single most important things you need to take out of this time, that you need to take this time. This is a tremendous opportunity, this present crisis, to begin to think and pray and determine for yourself what you really believe. You need to take the time right now to think about what sorts of government orders you might not be willing to obey. You need to take the time right now to consider uh, your understanding of the nature and importance of the church in your life and what is and isn't required of you as a follower of Jesus. I believe this pandemic has created a tremendous opportunity for every one of us to assess our faith, for you to assess your faith and your convictions. What does God demand of you? What's important to God? What's important to you? Because I believe a day is likely coming when those convictions will be tested. This morning, again, I want to talk very briefly about this whole issue, three areas where I believe the coronavirus pandemic has raised questions of wisdom, and we'll continue to raise those questions in the days ahead. And the first relates to this question. As the government eases mandated restrictions on how and how much you can interact with other people, what sort of self-imposed restrictions are you going to observe? 
Listen, the lifting of mandatory restrictions right now has nothing whatsoever to do with the lessening of the threat. And you need to understand that. Make no mistake about it. The government has begun easing restrictions not because it is materially safer in the world, but because the damage being done by, uh, to the economy has become a very serious danger itself. And because, frankly, philosophically speaking, many in positions of authority have come to understand that how much risk you're willing to take is increasingly up to you. Now, I know many of you have chased at, at some of the stay-at-home orders, uh, particularly some around uh, the country. Without a doubt, some of those have lacked good sense. But I do want you to understand that quarantining people and even quarantining places is a thoroughly biblical practice established in the Bible by God himself to protect his own people. In numerous places throughout Scripture, the Bible prescribes washing, prescribes isolation, prescribes all sorts of similar uh, uh, activities as a way of dealing with various infectious diseases. There are times where the Bible uh, actually requires infected persons to be relocated outside of the camp or outside of the city where they would normally reside. There are places where the Bible requires infected articles to be washed or in some cases to be isolated or in other cases even to be destroyed. And in certain cases, infected items are required to be destroyed in the Bible by burning. There are even times where entire houses, literally the house, the physical building, sometimes in Scripture have been required to be scraped and cleansed, sometimes required to be abandoned, and sometimes in certain cases required to be dismantled rock by rock with the rocks then disposed of outside the city. In Leviticus, for example, after several chapters dealing with the handling of infectious diseases, the Bible provides this fundamental piece of wisdom. You must keep the Israelites separate from things that make them unclean. So as things begin to reopen and as people start to gather and move around more, how are you going to function with wisdom and discretion? I strongly recommend you begin to plan right now to go about your business with faith filled caution. Listen, in the Old Testament, God provided miraculously for his people, but he also gave them practical standards and wise practices designed to keep them safe and well. And following those standards and practices was a way of showing trust in God, was a way of believing God and believing his word, honoring God and honoring his word. And contrarywise, Refusing to follow those biblical instructions, those wise standards, because you believe God would take care of you wasn't an act of faith. That would have been an act of disobedience. It's one thing to trust God will take care of you. It is another thing entirely to put him to the test. When Satan tempted Jesus to trust God by throwing himself off the top of the temple, and he tempted Jesus to believe God, to honor the words of Psalm 91 by sending his angels to keep him aloft, Jesus' response simply was, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God 
to the test. Should the governor move our state into phase two this Friday evening? I personally hope he does. The stay-at-home order and the 10-person limit on mass gatherings will be lifted. But people in high-risk categories, those over the age of 65, those with certain conditions like heart problems or lung problems or diabetes, are still strongly encouraged to self-quarantine. In the days to come, each person and each family will have to make its own decisions. But my counsel to you on the authority of the written Word of God is that you absolutely refuse to walk in fear and that you absolutely refuse to walk in foolishness. Trust God absolutely. And understand that trusting God includes trusting the wisdom and the discretion and the understanding and, frankly, the simple common sense He has provided for you. In other words, you need to be wise, if not downright wary, about places crowded and packed with strangers. You need to use sound judgment about whom you'll hug or whom you'll shake hands with and whom you want. And you need to continue to wash your hands a lot. Do not be afraid. And do not be stupid. Proverbs 2.11, in Proverbs 2.11, the Bible gives this piece of wisdom. Discretion will protect you. And understanding will guard you. A second area that requires both wisdom and discipline that's kind of been highlighted by this entire coronavirus pandemic is in the area of finances. Now, listen, I understand, at least it's been told to me, people don't always like to talk about money in church, which is interesting to me because the Bible and Jesus talk about it a lot. Nevertheless, this whole coronavirus thing has brought the subject of money front and center for an awful lot of people. Many people have lost their jobs. Many others have seen their incomes dramatically reduced. And the truth is the economic damage from this whole thing is still a long way from being over. People being temporarily helped right now by seeing their mortgage payments or their power bill payments temporarily deferred may well wake up a few months from now to find they know not one but three mortgage payments and not one but three power bills. As your church family, we are here to help you any way we can. And I just want to continue to say, if you need anything, please don't hesitate to let us know. But one of the hard lessons of any economic downturn has to do with how people manage their money. And the Bible's got a lot to say about that. If I was going to boil it all down for you, and I'm going to, I'd boil it down to two things. First, honor God in your handling of money. And second, when you earn here, make a point to live here. Now, in terms of giving, you guys have been amazing. In spite of the challenges, in spite of the changes, so many of you have continued to be so faithful in your giving. We are so grateful for that. Many of you have learned new ways to give through text to give and online giving. You are fantastic. And part of the wisdom of God regarding financial integrity and, 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 and the handling of finances comes from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, where the Bible says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. 
The truth is, all this time, you've not been able to come to the church and worship together in the person in this place. Resurrection Church has continued in full force. We've kept on doing things we've done before. We've started doing all kinds of things we weren't doing before. And your faithfulness in giving has allowed that to happen. So the first piece of financial wisdom is to honor God with your finances. And the second is this. When you earn here, you need to make a point to try to live here. These two principles really are the keys to financial success. And there are an awful lot of people right now who came into this pandemic living above their means, earning here and spending here, or frankly, earning here and spending here. In other words, spending everything they make. And an awful lot of those people right now or possibly very soon are finding themselves in a heap of trouble. The long-term economic impact of these forced shutdowns has yet to be seen. Frankly, the long-term economic impact of these massive government spending programs has yet to be seen as well. There is a real possibility the impact may be severe. Some jobs likely will not come back. Some companies likely will not survive. And the possibility of serious inflation because of all this government spending is a very real thing, which is why I believe it is very serious wisdom right now, if you haven't done so already, to begin taking steps right now to live below your means and to get out and stay out of debt. The wisdom of God says plainly in Proverbs 22.7, the borrower is servant to the lender. And the challenges imposed on you by debt are often far more onerous during times of economic uncertainty. Death is not necessarily a sin. Debt is not necessarily a sin. But it is a form of bondage. And God wants his people free. One last thought then on living by wisdom as you move into this reopening period and it has to do with practical matters about physical fitness and your health. i got to be completely honest with you. When I first started studying, and I have done a lot of studying on the coronavirus and all this stuff. I've done a lot of reading, been to a lot of stuff, read a lot of stuff. When I first really started digging into it at the very beginning in my early study of this thing, I was deeply disturbed to find that among those most adversely affected by this particular virus are those who are overweight, a diabetic. For me, that's two strikes. For way too many years now, the truth is I've been incredibly neglectful of my own health. I've been too sedentary. I've not made a point of getting enough sleep. I've not been careful enough about how and what I eat. And all that neglect on my part has now put me far more at risk than I ever should have been. And I am starting to try to make some changes. I'm paying more attention to my diet. I'm paying more attention to my sleep. I've started walking every day. I've been doing that for several weeks now. And listen, I'm obviously not going to be competing in a triathlon anytime soon. But I am more committed than I have been in a very long time to taking better care of myself. And if you're out there and you're like me at all, if you're in any way in the same sort of situation that I am and have been in, I believe it is wisdom from God to consider making changes right now. God is definitely a God of healing, 
but he's also a God of wisdom and discretion. And sometimes, not always, but sometimes, we can avoid the need for healing by doing stuff designed to keep us healthy. Without a doubt, the last few months have been weird. And as the government begins lifting some of its restrictions, it's still going to be weird. The things you are facing today require real wisdom from God. And the things you are going to be facing soon require real wisdom from God. The good news is God is faithful. We sang about it over and over again. And He has promised to give you all the wisdom you need. All you have to do is ask. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for, as we always do, for the power and the clarity of your word. Lord, that that in your great mercy and in your compassion and in your love and care for us, you have provided for us instruction and help in how to live and what we need. Father, we're grateful for that. Lord, even even before whatever happens with the government or the world, you've given us your word to show us how to prepare, how to be ready, how to walk in peace and confidence in you through it all. Lord, grant us the wisdom we need to navigate the days we're in and the days to come. To do that with confidence, to do it with peace, to do it with rejoicing, to do it for your glory. And may we represent you well in it all. In Jesus' name. Amen.